0: Well, um, how would you define success? Uh, Success means uh, uh, different things to different people. For example, at the age of three, success is not peeing your pants. (laughs) At age 12, it's having friends. At age 16, it's having your driver's license. At age 25, success is having a job. At age 35, success is having money. At age 65, success is having enough money to retire on. At age 70, success is still having your driver's license. (laughs) At age 80, it's still having some friends. And at age 90, it's not peeing your pants. Kind of puts life in perspective, doesn't it? Well, what does define a successful life? What does it mean to have, a, 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 to have an impact? What does it mean for life to, to make a difference, to be significant, to, to leave a mark for all of eternity? Today we're starting a new series on Joshua, and we first meet this young man in, in, in Exodus 17 when when he leads uh, uh, the army of Israel against the Amalekites who are coming to attack. We see him as an aid to Moses up on Mount Sinai when Moses receives the Ten Commandments. In chapter 33, we find Moses going to the tent of meeting there to, to, to talk with God face to face and and when Moses would leave the tent and head back to camp, the Bible says, but his young aide Joshua did not leave the tent. Yeah, he's enjoying the afterglow of being in God's presence so much that he doesn't want to leave. And in Numbers 27, Moses' life is, is drawing to a close and it's time to choose a successor. And Joshua is chosen, the Bible says, because he had the spirit of leadership upon him and, and he is commissioned. And Deuteronomy ends with these words, Since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt. Imagine that. Imagine following a man like like Moses. You ever had to do that, follow somebody who was so talented and popular? But Joshua does, and, and he's a man of courage, he's a man of conviction, and he has learned much from his leader, but But now Moses is dead. And so God calls and he anoints Joshua to be Israel's new leader. And he gives him his very first order as the new commander-in-chief. He says this, cross the Jordan and claim your inheritance promised by God. Now that must have seemed rather overwhelming, don't you think, to Joshua? And he may have been frightened by the enormity of it all. But listen to what God says to him. I will be with you. And then you will have good success. God promises Joshua success. Now imagine what that must have done to his confidence level. And that same promise is to you and me that if we follow God's law, if we obey Scripture, if we follow God's plan, we'll be given success in our God-given goals. Now the truth is a lot of us struggle with success. Success. In fact, we might even wonder, is it okay for a Christian to be successful? What does it even mean to be successful? I think God wants us to be successful, providing that our definition of success is is correct. You see, at the very beginning, um, the first man, Adam and Eve, uh, were capable of of reaching their full potential. And when God created them, he stepped back to admire them, and, and, and he said, this is good, this is great. And nothing could stop them from achieving their potential because, you see, they were created in the very image of God. God created us in His image and designed us. So the only way failure could gain an entranceway uh, to our life was for us to consider some plan other than the plan of God and, and to consider some will other than the will of God. God preceded us with success, God challenges us with success, God prepares us for success. And then he presents us in his own image. Amazing. Did God expect Adam and Eve to to succeed or to fail? He wanted them to succeed. So, So what happened to us? Why are so many of us running around with this failure image? Well, the Bible tells us how in Genesis chapter 3 how our success image was tarnished. And that is that Adam and Eve chose their own will. They chose their own goals over God's. And they rebelled against God. And the effect of that sin spread throughout the human race. As, as Paul writes in Romans 5, For as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And so both our God image and our success image were tarnished. They were marred by the fall. And sin has found its way into every facet of life, including our ability to succeed. Dr. Maxwell Maltz was a brilliant plastic surgeon who had been able to restore lives that had been affected by deformity or by injury. And he made some interesting observations about the human psyche. In most of his patients who had plastic surgery, there was an almost immediate rise in self-esteem and confidence. But in some cases... The patient continued to feel poorly about himself or herself. And Dr. Maltz began to conclude that that some people have success instincts, but others seem doomed to failure. They have failure instincts, and consequently they do fail. Now, not all of us have this this failure image. But how many of us have have sometimes sabotaged our efforts at, at accomplishing something great by doing something stupid? And so we may be tempted to blame our outside circumstances, and we might be tempted to, to blame our 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 stupid boss or, 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 or our spouse doesn't understand me or the economic times are just wrong, or we blame ourselves and we say, I can't do it. I'm I'm not smart enough. I don't have any motivation. But but these are simply excuses for being less than, than what God intended us to be. God created us with all kinds of potential to succeed. So God is preparing Joshua for success. He's called him to leadership, to, to lead Israel into the promised land. And so God gives him a pep talk. And, and this is kind of like the coach talking to his star quarterback. He says, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's go back to the early years of Joshua. We find it in Numbers 13. God had just brought the people of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea and and into the wilderness. And and God says, okay, we're here. This is the promised land, and we're about ready to move into it. But before they do, Moses sends out 12 uh, guys to check it out. In verse 25, they come back, and they give the report. And this is what they say. At the end of 40 days, they return from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation the people of Israel in the wilderness and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land and they told them we came to the land to which you sent us it flows with milk and and honey and this is its fruit However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And beside, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So you've got these these 12 men that come back and and they're just given this really negative report. But there are two of them, Joshua and Caleb. And they go and they, they say to the people of Israel, come on, we can do this thing. God's already split the Red Sea. He can pull this off. But the other ten are saying, man, did you see how big those people were? And they stir up the congregation with, hey, let's be good stewards of our lives. If we die out there, who's going to take care of our kids? We need to be responsible. We can't do this thing. We can't pull this off. They're way too big. Let's let's choose a new leader and let's go back to slavery in Egypt. And the ten people, they... The ten spies, they went out. They don't listen to Caleb. They don't listen to Joshua. Everybody is discouraged. And, and everybody stops believing. And Moses and Aaron, they fall down their faces. They are so discouraged from the lack of courage. In chapter 14, Joshua says this. He says, the land that we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. It's a risk. This is a huge undertaking. But God has promised them the land. Joshua says, This is why we left Egypt in the first place. We are almost there. Don't give up your dream because the Lord is going to be with us. But verse 10 says this the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Man, it can be dangerous to be a leader. Have you ever been threatened to be fired because you took a risk in your job? That's what was going on. Moses and Aaron were about to be fired. God's not happy. God says, how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs that I've performed among them? See, God's never pleased with cowardice. He's never been pleased with people who don't believe he can come through and that he can do anything. In I think God is looking for some risk takers. I think God is looking for courageous people. Now, I've never felt all that courageous. But there's been times when I felt that God was leading me in a certain direction and, and I've chosen to follow it. And those moments are never easy. And sometimes they have involved failure. My father used to say that, that, he, was pretty, uh, that he was kind of cowardly, but I, I always thought he was courageous. When he was in the Navy during World War II, he was involved in a, in a mid-air collision, and he jumped out of the plane, but he was knocked unconscious when the tail of the plane hit him in the head. At an altitude of 150 feet, Dad awoke just in time to, to pull his ripcord. And sometimes I, I wonder what it was like for him the next day when he climbed back in To another plane. You see, sometimes we will fail, but can we get back in and do it again? Are you looking at at God's calling for your life? Or are you listening to those voices telling you to go back, that it's not worth the risk? You see, we have our dreams from the Lord, and we know there are some things He's called us to do and say, but but sometimes our failures cause us to lose hope. And we hear those voices saying to us, you can't do that. You don't need to, to go to that extreme in faith. But Scripture is always encouraging us to be courageous, to believe where nobody else believes, praying that our boldness will get even greater rather than less. See, I want to be as courageous as Joshua and Caleb. Now, let's let's fast forward 45 years into the future. It's Joshua chapter 14, and, and Caleb and Joshua, they're still alive, but they're not young men anymore. They're old men. And they're looking back on on this event when they went into the land of, of Canaan. And I want you to listen to what they say. I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. And yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said and I am this day 85 years old and I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me my strength is now as my strength was then. How many of us can say that we're as strong as we were when we were 40? I mean isn't that beautiful? Picture this 85 year old man standing in front of the crowd and he's saying He's saying, I am as strong today as I was when I was 40. Man, I so want to be that. Don't you? I want to be the 85-year-old who not only believes as strongly as I did when they were 40, but who believes even more so. See, I, I believe that we're supposed to live by faith. And I believe the older I get, I should take bigger steps of faith, not smaller steps. But, man, it gets hard, doesn't it? It's harder once, once we have kids and the kids are involved. You know, when you're, when you're younger and you're single and, and, and there's no kids, you know, it seems easy to risk everything for the kingdom of God. I mean, what are you going to lose? <laughs> That's why Jesus said it's hard for the rich to follow him. The more you have, the more you have to lose. And then when you get older, you start to think, you know, I, I don't know if I want to risk everything. I've got kids now. I've got a home. I've got life insurance. And you're telling me that I should bet it all? Just believing that God's going to get me through it? It gets hard. I don't want to do that. I want to be 85 and still be able to bet it all. I want to be 85 and say nothing's changed. God is still God, and I still trust Him. I want to be like Joshua. Joshua. And I want to remind all of you here today that we have a mighty God, and it doesn't matter how old you are, God is still calling us to take that risk and to follow Him. Some of you women here today may be struggling with courage. Maybe you're doubting yourself. My oldest daughter turned 40 last month. Hard to believe I have a 40-year-old child. How did that happen? And I remember 40, kind of. (laughs) And it's hard. 40 is hard because changes are coming. And right now my daughter, she's busy raising uh, three daughters of her own, and she's running all over Columbus. And and so when she turned 40, I wrote her a letter, and, and this is part of what I wrote. I said, I have found it easier to take risks as I get older. As I grow a little wiser, I grew a little more courageous to try things I hadn't tried before, that I had never dreamed of. Megan, I hope you'll do that too, because who knows what exciting adventures are still in store for you? Who knows what great things God may be calling you to do? Maybe some of you men may be thinking, you know what, Pastor, I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. And life's not going anywhere for me. You're telling me to have visions of of great things that God wants to do in my life. How how do I believe that? I'm just trying to stay alive. Folks, that's no way to live. It's no way to live. I know part of us, we don't want to hear those other voices. We don't want to hear the negative voices. Some of us, we just want to hear the voice of God that says, Be strong. Take courage. You can do this. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. Don't give up. Don't let go. Well, God has one more thing to say to Joshua. He says, you need to obey his laws. In the last few months, God has really been driving that home in my life. Do what God says. Do it immediately. Immediately. Let's go back to the scriptures again. God knew all the temptations they would face as they moved. God knew how scary it was going to be for them at times as they moved in their promised land. God knew that they would always have this propensity to want to return to Egypt, to the old way of doing things. God knows how hard it is for us to break our old habits and to form new ones. And so God said to them, be careful. Be careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be success, successful wherever you go. Verse 8, he says this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. God says to Joshua, meditate on my words day and night. Obey it. Act upon it. And then your way will be prosperous and you'll be successful. And to the extent that they maintained devotion to God and heeded God's commands, they were successful. And when they did not obey God's commands, they failed miserably. Jesus reminds us of the same thing in Matthew chapter 7. He says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. Folks, get a plan. Use our Bible reading plan. Don't put it off. Men, don't say, well, my wife's going to read the Bible for me. That doesn't work. And start today. Do you want to know God's will? Do you want to have a heart for your heavenly Father? Read the Scriptures. Meditate upon them. Reflect upon them. Ask yourself, what is God saying to me through these words? And how can I live this out in my relationships? Folks, the number one practice that will help us to be successful is obeying God's word and if you're not if you're not reading the scripture on a daily basis let me challenge you today to find a way to engage with God's word read it meditate on it and most importantly obey it well God was preparing Joshua to go into the promised land God was warning him it's not going to be easy And neither is it for us. And so I would say to everyone in this room that finds themselves challenged to take that next step as you fight your battles, remember what God said to Joshua. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Jesus said the very same thing. He said in Matthew 28, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And so remember that. Remember that God knows your name. Remember that you belong to him, that you are his, that you are his child. Mark it down. God is fighting for you. That's the good news. You are baptized. You belong to him. You are a part of his family. You have confessed your faith. You have taken your stand with him. And so in light of this, in light of the presence of God, don't be afraid. Live a courageous life. I mean, think about it. As you fight this next battle, God, who is your life, is with you. You fight with the very presence of God, the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. And he is the one who is with you, and he is for you. Live in the light of God's presence. Live in view of Christ's faithfulness. I mean, think about it. When the very life of the Son of God was on the line standing before Pontius Pilate, knowing that he was about to face his own death, Jesus made the good confession. He confessed his kingship on your behalf and it cost him his life. This is the Savior who died for you. Check this out. The Savior who died for you stands with you in this next step of your life oh folks this is so good what do we have to fear we fight the fight of faith with our eyes fixed on the lord jesus christ be strong be courageous and then you'll be prosperous and successful for the lord your god will be with you let's pray Oh God how often we have to be reminded of this truth that we belong to you that we are yours and that you love us and no matter what that next battle is that we have to fight you fight it for us you are always there forgive us oh God those times when we're afraid fear is normal Fear is natural, but God, remind us that you're with us always, and in that we will take hope. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.